Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Good morning and welcome back to Out With Dan. I'm so excited today to be talking to my long-term friend, Pam Stack. We've been friends our whole adult life. She is um, a book junkie, like Cat Wrangler, and she is the person that started Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Welcome, Pam. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm wonderful, honey. How are you? I'm great. Have my coffee. So I'm caffeinated and ready to go. I'm wearing the color of the day. Um, So we're doing white, which is lovely because of your last name. But also, we are going through the pride colors, correct? Yes. Yes, that is correct. We're up to the sixth seventh color, which is white. And so it's a very exciting thing. So I know some of the story, but can you tell me how Authors on the Air Global Radio Network came to be? Sure. Um, I was new to social media, particularly Facebook. That was uh, the only social media I knew about. And um, I started following authors all because I read so much. You know, I, I read about 400 books a year. Uh, I know people think that's crazy, but I don't own a television, as you know. Um, so it was at a time when authors would accept a friend request. You didn't have to know mutual friends or anything like that. And um, along the way, I met a woman who lived not too far from me in Southwest Florida, who, who had an internet radio show. And she asked me to be her co-host. And I said, okay. And we talked to authors. We had an hour-long conversation. I had no idea what internet radio was. Uh, I still remain the biggest tech twit known to man. (laughs) You'd never know that with the network the size of it is. But um, she had this really great idea. So one night I thought, I want to do that. I want to do my own show. And it was pretty easy to do. So... I started Authors on the Air, and then um, a, a couple months into it, I thought, Gee, I wonder if I could start a network. Because, you know, I read a certain genre of book, and I have a point of view, but other people had different points of view. So I invited some people who were very different from me, including um, one of the first authors I had met and became friends with, overall, and I still am to this day, Paula Vine. excuse me, whose book to speak for the dead is still one of my absolute favorite. From there, the network has grown. We have, I have created and produced uh, over 50 podcasts or vodcasts. We've created a Instagram influencing book review team. We have a social media book promotion team. We also do occasionally, just annually, something called the Global Conversation on something that affects the entire world. Our first year was about interpersonal violence. The second one was on child abuse. The third one was on sexual uh, was on rape, and and we gather people from around the world who are experts, not to complain about issues, but to share solutions. So my mission has always been, Dan, to connect creative people, particularly writers, Mm -hmm. with their audience. And right now, we're very blessed that our 
our podcasts are available on most audio and video platforms um, in 153 countries. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And Thank it you. is, it's a great thing because as I said, Pam and I've been friends for years and years, um, really close friends, and I'm very blessed for that. And as we, am I. Thank you. We've shared a lot of things. And part of what we're doing is not only promotion, which we are doing some of that, but we're yes. also doing putting out into the world different genres and different authors. Yes. Um, as you know, if you've been watching, if this is the first time, my section is LGBTQ+. And I, I love romance novels. So I do a lot of romance novels. I also like murder and mystery and all kinds of intrigue. Fantasy. Fantasy, that's right. And so I am my own little niche market, but it's a very important market, as are the other hosts of our different shows. Absolutely. That is the most wonderful thing that I can say about this network. We have such a variety of shows and hosts who have their own niche audiences, but I think appeal to everyone. Yes. If you're looking for a new genre of book to, to read or want to know about pets or you want to know about I don't know, you name it. We have it. We are working hard to even expand. Um, and I want to say on, on from an executive producer note and as your friend, um, we are thrilled that you are part of the Queer Magnolias podcast and that you've taken on out with Dan. It is so important to us to have a voice in, in marginalized communities Absolutely. Where there's so much talent, yes. there's so much talent, and we really we're thrilled that you're doing this. We we I personally love both the shows. You know, I watch them religiously. <laughs> Thank but you. But our other hosts are equally uh, as talented and as diverse. One of the things that I mentioned on Twitter uh, last week was I was traveling uh, to Florida, and where yes. Pam and I got a chance to hang out. We did. And in the airports, I saw uh, Queerly Beloved, I saw Chef's Kiss, I saw some of the authors that I've interviewed, and I saw books by authors with an LGBTQ plus audience at the airport. And I remember in the 80s and 90s when I lived in Miami, there was a place called Lambda Passages. Yes. And if you wanted anything that was gay related, that's where you went because you wouldn't find it at an airport. No, you wouldn't. But we have made strides, and not only the LGBTQ plus community, people of color, Absolutely. trans people, people with disabilities, and we're seeing that yes. everyone has a voice. Not everyone is a writer. For every writer, there had best be a whole bunch of readers because that's, that's how true. they make their living. That's true. And you know something? The audiences, I think, are crossing over. They're finding that they're opening their worlds. And in doing that, they're learning about communities they knew nothing about. Now, this month happens to be AAPI, which is Asian American Pacific Islanders um, uh, month for their books coming out. Yes. And yes. also, we're coming up to Jewish heritage. So we're very blessed to have a show dedicated uh, people of the book to Jewish heritage, all things culture, writing, 
you name it. And and actually, it's one of the most popular podcasts on the network. That I am wonderful. finding that my horizons as a voracious reader are being broadened all the time because of meeting and introducing new shows into the network. It's for and and honestly, doesn't have to be a writer. If it's somebody who's an artist, who's a musician, who creates, we want to talk to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your favorite genre? Do you have a favorite? You know, everybody <laughs> asks me that. My favorite is whatever I'm reading in the moment, because that's like saying, which cat do I like the best? <laughs> you know, I, I, I could never say that. Um, I am heavily into paranormal women's fiction right now, which is kind of midlife paranormal, which suits me fine. It's usually, you know, middle-aged, although I'm a little above that, and cats and paranormal and fun. And I love it. However, I could be reading my next thriller or, or suspense or mystery. Um, I started off reading Agatha Christie. That's how I got addicted to books was Agatha Christie. <laughs> When I was young, I read everything on the side of a cereal box or a milk carton. I could probably tell you all the ingredients that go into Cheerios, you know. <laughs> but I love romance too, and I love I love all of it. I am I love some sci-fi, and I like urban punk. I like um, apocalyptic. So it just depends, you know. Depends on what my mood is. I'm very blessed to have a variety of books sent to me all the time. And you'll notice because they'll start going to your mailbox as yes. well. <laughs> so you kind of have this embarrassment of riches. And the nice thing is you can pick and choose what you want. And it's a, it's a blessed thing. It, I feel so grateful every single day. I totally agree with you. I, I want to speak a little bit about Agatha Christie. So I started off with Nancy Drew. I, you know, I have that feminine, I want to know about what the women are doing. Right. Nancy Drew and her buddies. Um, they, they caught my attention early on. And then I moved into Agatha Christie and I will tell you, I have read some of her books repeatedly. That is, it, everyone knows Agatha Christie, I assume, sure. a great mystery writer, but her books are timeless and they're also about the human experience. So I've been able to read them over and over. Some books I read more than one time. Absolutely. I read one time only and think, okay, that's not for me. And that's right. the beauty of it. You know, just because you have a book, you pick a book up at the bookstore, airport, library, order it online. It right. doesn't matter. Not every book will speak to every reader. This is true. This is that's true. the great thing about publishing. If you don't like this one, switch to that one. I will say, if you don't like a book, don't be mean when you write a nasty review. Just say, hey, it's not my cup of tea. And a writer will understand that. So that's my little caveat about, you know, not liking books. I want to tell you, when I started reading Agatha Christie, it was um, at a time when books, her books were on a spinning rack in the bookstores. Yes. yes. And I happened to go into a bookstore that was down the street from where I worked and Miracle Mile in Coral Gables, you know the area well. I do. Live right, right not too far away from there. And there was a bookstore that I loved. It was like a block over. And the guy in there who ran it was this big, tall teddy bear. He's like 
six foot six, you know, would scoop me up and give me a hug every time he saw me. And so I started reading Ag Agatha Christie and, you know, there were, there were short books, not real big books, like some of the books are now. And <laughs> I would go back the next day and say, okay, I want another one. And then go back the next day and say, okay, I want another one. And finally he said, why don't you just bring the darn books back and I'll just give you the ones. And I thought, oh, wow, there are so many. And I went to the library in the old fashioned card catalogs and at, found out that Agatha had Christie had written over a hundred books. And so I made a list of all the books in order, because I thought that's how you're supposed to read a lot of books like that, and read every single one of them. And they still resonate today. Okay. I, I still want to go on the Orient Express. I still <laughs> go, you know, I want to go on one of those trips. <laughs> I think that's my fascination with trains came from that. <laughs> well, Pam and I were talking last weekend about how reading a book, um, authors, there are all kinds of authors as well. Right. Some authors are extremely direct with their words and some yes. are very powerful and colorful. And an author has the ability to transport us to somewhere we are not yes. currently at now. Yes. And that word, whether you read the book or listen to an audio book, that takes us to somewhere that we are not. But we yes. also have to be invested because when you're reading, you're waiting for the author to tell you what's coming next and you invest yourself in it. And that's yes. the beauty of reading. I think that reading takes me places I've never been before. And once I get into a story, I'm, for example, in paranormal women's fiction, you know, those are magical little fun, stories with some suspense and a little bit of romance maybe and they allow your imagination to wander you can daydream which is something most adults don't do anymore and i think daydreaming is so healthy uh, it also when you're reading literary fiction i think that you become more empathetic because you understand the world that you don't live in absolutely absolutely yeah and it's fun to get out of our comfort zone or to yes. get into our comfort zone because yes. the, the reading can give you both. It can open your eyes to something you didn't know before, or you can read about something you know every day of the week and right. be comforted by the fact right. that I'm not the only one. There are people exactly. out there who think like I think. And it's of course, <laughs> if you think like I think, you're thinking right, but... Other other people would disagree, but, you know, for right now. <laughs> for, for right now. Well, right I have now. to say that I think our mutual love of readings has really enhanced our friendship, too. I we know. are both Fanny Flag readers. We both love that Southern inclusiveness and storytelling. Southern storytelling to me is so unique. It is, it is a genre unto itself. Do you agree? I totally agree. You know, when you read Eudora Welty and Faulkner, uh, Fanny Flagg, you read these people who give you a long, slow burn, easy way through their book. And then yes. I also like the gritty, tough city, you know, whether it's New York, Los Angeles, Phoenix, sure. Chicago, somewhere where it's just running at a million miles an hour. 
But the beauty of the sing-song voice for Southerners has always captivated my attention. You know, Danny, you, um, you've traveled to almost every state in the country now. Do you, since you've become such an avid reader, do you find yourself trying to visualize the location yes. that you already are, are familiar with? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like when I do watch television and I have one, I don't watch it so often, but I often watch shows that are actually shot in Los Angeles and intended to be Los right. Angeles since that's right. my current home. So I want, I want to see if they get it right and when, and how they spin it. So here's a little side thing. Almost every car commercial is shot in Los Angeles. <laughs> And almost every car commercial, the car is going backwards on a one-way street. And the reason is because it gives a different vision. So for all of us who live here, I'm like, oh, that's 3rd Street, that's 4th Street, that's Main Street. But the car is always going the opposite direction. And it's a neat thing that they do because they are trying to keep it fresh. They're shooting on the same streets. So authors sort of do the same thing. They may have the same character, but they put them in a slightly different setting each yes. time. And that's the beauty of seeing it. Yes. Do, do you prefer books that have a, a, are part of a series or do you like standalones or both? I would say both. One of the things that I do is I, I like you thought that if Nancy Drew was one to 60, I had to read one, two, three, because you go through the progression. I have found that quite a few authors have a series and the beauty is when you can read them out of order. Yes. You know, so I uh, happened upon Ripley Hayes and I picked up his sixth book in a series. And then I read the first one. And it's nice that some of the things in the sixth one while you were told about it in the sixth one, when you read it in the first one, it goes, you understand how it we clicks. get to the sixth yeah. one. You know, it yeah. clicks. And that must be difficult. I mean, I, I think just getting from point A to point B in my work life, sometimes <laughs> I get lost. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I talk to a lot of writers who do that. And one of the things I say to them when I'm doing my interviews is, you know, do you keep um, like a story Bible? And not to be confused with the Bible, but there is such a thing as a, as a writer's Bible where it might be, you know, everything you need to know about a character. So if in book one, you say the character was born in August, in book six, you're not saying the January birthday or something or their height or their weight or their eye color, whatever. But there is also a story Bible. So and other writers don't seem to need that. But I find it fascinating. Uh, one uh, romance writer that I'm particularly fond of, Susan Elizabeth Phillips, says, oh, she doesn't need a story Bible. She just goes to her readers group and says, hey, which book did this happen in? <laughs> well, now that's a beautiful thing when you get to a certain success. That you but... can do that. Exactly. <laughs> I <laughs> do they, think... they pinpoint exactly, you know, oh, this is when they got married and here it was and here's how they first met. And she said, I have an archive built in with my readers. So I love that, you know. I I do too, because there's a, a familiarity, which is a yes. loving thing. There's a respect back and forth. Yes. And that, that is nice. Um, we both, Pam and I know several self-published authors yes, that becomes, I think, very, they don't have that built in. So right. they are much more in tune to trying to stick to the script, so to speak. 
It is. And, you know, publishing is changing so much over the years. Um, I have to say that uh, the pandemic was very hard on both authors and publishers. A lot of authors have their books orphaned, which simply means that their editor left or and the another editor didn't pick up the book. So here they've waited for so long. M most people I don't think realize that when you write a book and are accepted for one of the big publishing houses, it usually takes a year before it's published. And so if you've put a year into the book and then you're waiting for a year to be published and then it becomes orphaned, you know, then they have to completely either reshop the book or forget it and write something new. It's really not an easy world. There are some there are some writers who are very savvy in keeping in their engagement with their with their their people who love their books. And let's face it, books are a small business in initially and you can't you have to talk about your books you have to meet yes. people and tell you have to network dan one of our favorite things Absolutely. to do and you've got to tell everybody about your small business you know if you're opening an, a little store you have to have a marketing budget and so on i find that the most successful writers are very engaged with their audience and that's important I agree. And so that sort of brings us back to where we started, because <laughs> you have found in your business uh, with authors on the Air Global Radio Network, we know between us, we have to network. That's yes. how we keep ourselves yes. out there. And I think we also have to be open to meeting new authors, reading new books, Absolutely. being supportive. We're very fortunate that the publishing houses are still publishing. Yes. 10 years ago, so many people said, oh, an e-reader is going to kill the market. No. It has changed it, but it has not killed it. Audiobooks have changed it, but not killed it. But and you know, audiobooks have been, a, 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 an audio version of a book has been around for a long time. I remember that my mom loved to read, but when she got sick and couldn't read anymore, they you could get um, a recording, either a tape or a reel-to-reel -reel even from the library. And yes. they would go ahead and have a, somebody voice the book for you. It's just audio books are now more sophisticated. So yes. And go. easier to get. I mean, you they know, are. most of life we can download. Absolutely. One way or another. That's well, true. Pam, of course, I have had such a good time. And you can come back anytime you'll, I'll have you anytime you'll come back. How's that? Well, how about if I come back and interview you? Because you have many talents too. Well. Uh, you are a fabulous singer. You are a very inspirational guy. I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a giveaway to everybody who doesn't know Dan as well as I do. Dan and I um, do something every day that a lot of people don't know about. And I think it's worthwhile to do for your friends too. Dan and I do a gratitude text every day. We list three things that we're grateful for. And sometimes it's just the smell of fresh coffee in the morning. Yes the sound of birds singing outside, uh, a good night's sleep. Sometimes it's a little bit more intense and more personal. So today I'm grateful for you, Dan, and out with Dan, and so grateful that you're part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you so much. And if you'll hang around, I'll chat with you in just a minute. Thank you for joining me on Out with Dan and see you soon.
Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out with Dan. Thank you.